Hello and welcome everybody to I've Got a Movie to Watch. My name is Matt. I'm Dakota. And this week we're watching my recommendation for a troubling movie in November, Whiplash. Which gave me what it said it was gonna do. I had I had Whiplash for real at the end of this movie. Um, so but I liked it. So I I've seen this movie multiple times. This is I'm um, a first time watcher. Like no really any background outside of like maybe a five second clip. Like, this movie, I remember when it came out when I was in college. 2014. And um, there's a lot of history behind it with uh, J.K. Simmons winning his first Oscar with this movie. Uh, The director won Best Screenplay for this movie at a very young age. He was the youngest person to ever win Best Screenplay at the Oscars with this movie. But like he's in, he was in his early twenties when he won an Oscar for best screenplay, which is wow. Yeah. I did not know these things. I was like, just like, movie make Bringo Burr. Like this movie is one a very original movie. Like it, there's nothing like this. Yeah, and I mean, sure, there are probably psychological. Like I want to call this movie a psychological thriller because it is. I would agree. Um, it it made me pull out my DSM five. <laughs> which is with us right now. Let me get it away from the one I was looking at. Uh, but go on, you were saying. Like, I would say this is a psychological thriller. Like, it makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Um, but it has a fairly young Miles Teller, who nowadays is pretty much a well-known Hollywood name. Because of Top Gun? Top Gun, yeah. I, I, I like pre-Top Gun Miles Teller. I, I like Miles Teller in general. I don't know. I have no other. I have no other thing to jump off of, as with most of but my this, opinions. This is, this is like this is the first experience of Miles Teller as an Oscar candidate. Um, Which, yeah, I would agree. He would have done de- excellent. I thought the acting was excellent. I do want to say, just ear uh, volume, people with the headphones, just beware. Dakota has a book. Just flipping through pages. Oh yeah. Do you want me to flip slowly, or we're doing ASMR again? <laughs> How many times in a podcast have I been like, let's do ASMR? Uh, not today. But if you do hear the pages flipping, she has her book that she's going to be referencing quite a lot today. Because I think this movie, outside of Moonrise Kingdom, probably broke through to Dakota the most out of the movies we've watched. I, and what, what we were talking about earlier as we kind of like, okay, you know, we talk about our feelings about the movie and how we're going to like, we don't script these. No, not even close. No, we don't. <laughs> Do you think? Actually, yeah, I would write a script talking about Muppet Treasure Island. Ha! Scripted it. It's got it in. Anyway, but like most of the stuff, stick around to the end of the podcast, by the way, because that's where you get like just the most unfiltered Oh yeah, Matt and Dakota. Because um, we finish talking about the movie and then we go into the little extra like and, th- and then we go down like some rabbit holes. Yeah. Like, again, sorry for any anime con things last time. Um, as with last time, too, and I, I wasn't able to get ahead of it before we got to kind of midway through the podcast, um, some content warning things, like, as per usual, some of the things that we talk about are particularly heavy topics. We're going to be talking about, in my opinion, and a clinical opinion at that, um, is there are there is narcissistic abuse mm-hmm. um, in this. There's going to be a lot of emotional, a lot of manipulation. Um, you're going to be seeing a kid going through just a really tough time. Yeah. Um, so if you do choose to watch this movie, please understand that going into it. Um, understand that there will be heavy topics we talk about. 
As per usual, if you are struggling, please reach out for help. There are crisis helplines. There are professional professionals. There's professional fish. There are professionals out there that care. Um, there's people out there that care about you. So just take care of yourself. I had to take care of myself after I watched this movie. I texted Matt like, I'm going to get a milkshake <laughs> because I need to just walk outside of my house. Um, but it was, it had an effect on me. And that's why the movies that you've recommended, I've not recommended a movie that's like been just very kind of mid, I'd say yeah. mid. Um, but the Matt, the Matthew movies, <laughs> I didn't need to say that. There's been two movies that you have recommended now and we've watched, and this one's my, I would say, second highest. Moonrise Kingdom yeah. was very high. This falls underneath crazy that. Crazy Stupid Love, you're like, hey. It's Steve Carell. <laughs> we just love him. Like, Crazy Stupid Love is like one of those popcorn flicks for me, but like Moonrise Kingdom and especially Whiplash are movies that when you watch them, they leave an impact and you walk away from those movies feeling something, feeling something and thinking about it. And as a person that, like, I don't watch a lot of media, one, because I don't have a lot of time, but also I, I do because, again, it's a self-care thing. Like I told you, me watching it was, like, doing work for me. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Whiplash was not as bad. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I honestly thought it was going to be pretty bad. Like, just from my perspective, I was like, I texted Dakota before she watched it. I was like, you're either going to really enjoy this movie or you're going to hate it. I I felt like the best way to describe my experience through this movie is that my stomach squirmed a lot. And this movie had an effect on me because I could relate it back to like some personal things. And I'm sure you had said similar things too. And we'll we'll dive into that as 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 yeah. politely as we can. I think I think with this movie in particular, and you can disagree, agree with me. I, I think with this movie you go through scene by scene and every scene in this movie that like, I'm talking about every major scene. There are a bunch yes. of minor scenes. Where, yes. Like Andrew's going to the movie theater with his dad and there's like smart interactions with this girl that pops up here and there to kind of give background on like what Andrew's mindset is through the to, movie. The way I think the, of it is kind movie, of like breaks almost. Yeah. There, there, every scene with JK Simmons in this movie, you are glued. And just when you think like, oh, that was rough. It they it just escalates. Oh yeah. And it it's amazing, like the amount that's again why I'm like, please take care of yourselves if you do want to watch this movie and if you want to listen to our thoughts on this movie, because I'll I'll be what Matthew calls a deep dive. I just call like my general working knowledge. No, this is a deep dive. For you say it's a deep dive and we'll we'll get into that. But um just take care of yourselves. Like they're it it's intense. It yes. can be intense. It is a very intense film, but I feel like watching this movie, it's not really an education experience. It can be, but this movie is something that certain people should experience. I agree, and I'm, I'm actually very glad that I got to. Um, so we get into this movie, we're introduced to Miles Teller, who plays a character named Andrew. Honeyman. Yeah, and his aspirations in life are to be a world-class jazz drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's part of uh, the jazz band at, do you remember what college it was at? Schaefer. Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a very well-known music school. Yes. And he's part of the, like, I would say, I don't really know, I know sports, I don't know music. Is it like junior varsity, pretty much? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, sure. It's for those out there to, to, to compare it to, like, 
you take introductory classes and then level up. So it would be like um, like band one, in a way. Well, the way I looked at it was there was the band team, or the, the jazz, like jazz band, band. He was on, and then there was the one that Fletcher instructs, which is the, like... The top band tier. Band. And so when you look at, like, you think about... Because um, it didn't seem like classes, because he was pulled from that group and put into the other. So that's which, not really a class, is it? Yes. Yes and no. Um, so it, depending on your program of study with music. So fun fact, I'll deep dive into a thing about myself and how this movie did affect me in a personal way was, hey, guess what? I wasn't always a therapist and I didn't always know I was going to end up here. And so high school Dakota was very, as we've talked about other, was very heavy into choir. I was, I did chorus all, God, I've been doing, I, well, up until that point, I'd done a chorus thing since like third grade. And had did that up until like my early college years. So like I was lost in the sauce with music. And during high school, one of the things I wanted to do, like they're like, "What do you want to be?" You go, "I want to be a music teacher because this affected me." And I enjoyed, I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to teach it to others so that they could also do that. And so I went to school for music and had learned about music my uh, probably about a third of my life. Like that's like ten years and some change in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this movie based on the music industry and how you move up and interact. Um, but to go back to the original question is like you, yes, it's like junior varsity and yes, you can be picked from different classes to be, go up to, go up to one. If you like audition or you perform well, you, that can be a thing and they can do what they do with whatever they got to do on the transcript end. But like, yeah, you can, that is something that you can do. Okay. Because where we first met <coughs> Andrew, and I really love this, because it's one of those, it's a tracking scene where it doesn't cut, it just goes straight down a hallway towards Andrew as he's playing the drums. Mm -hmm. And that's your first, int that's yeah. your first introduction to this character. And for the most part, like, I would say he's doing really well, he's killing it mm -hmm. on the drums. Like, you, you know this guy has talent. As somebody that can read music but not so much perform music like that like I couldn't drum if I wanted to yeah. I was a singer and so I have utmost respect for percussive players because you know I ain't got any type of rhythm in me unless it's in front well, of me and a really just a small tangent and we'll get back to it but Miles Teller did everything no way yeah. he, he did, did all he of did that all of it. holy crap okay yeah give this kid Oscar, he did fantastic. No, he did all of it. That's fantastic. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay, well, I already had an appreciation. Now it's like kind of amplified there. That was like a, that was like a genuine By the end reaction. of the movie, like the ending scene in the movie like that. Pops off. It's it pops impressive. Off. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, he did everything. That's wild. So, okay. I, I believe he did have some drumming experience as a youth. Mm -hmm. So, like, he did have a small background in this, but I don't think to the extent of what. No. This so, is. like, he got this role and they were like, yo, you're going to have to play the drums. And he was like, okay, challenge accepted. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, we open up on Andrew. And we're introduced to Fletcher almost immediately. He was played by J.K. Simmons. Um, I said J. Jonah and Jameson back in. <laughs> back in a couple podcasts. Give me my before. pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> but uh, this is, <coughs> I think J.K. Simmons was always an appreciated actor, but this movie really showed like he's 
he's a guy that comes in and demands the screen. Yep. And in this movie, it's demanding the screen. You're watching it and you can't take your eyes off of him. But it's because you're like, I'm scared for everyone else in the room because this man is on screen and I don't want them to be hurt. <laughs> like, that's how I am with this movie. Like, uh, you watch it and you're like, I'm terrified of what this man is capable of and what he's going to do next. Do you agree? Yeah, I was pulling up my notes and one of the first things I had even sent you, like, I'm not even, like, five minutes into this movie. Like, within, like, and again, I understand, like, this character is is designed to be the way that he is. Mm -hmm. But you don't really pick up on it in, in its intensity till later. But immediately, right off the bat, I was like... Gaslight. This is gaslighty. And there's going to be some hot words, too. Like... I keep using them as like hot phrases and hot words and things like that. Self-research into mental health is fine. If you do that, it's fine. But please make sure that you talk with a medical professional or a clinical professional, somebody that can at least help you understand these things and validate your feelings as those things go. But to you often hear things like narcissist misused. You yeah. oftentimes hear um, gaslighting misused. I was like, oh, no, that's gaslighting. It's like, no, that's just them. They actually told you what was up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, be careful as you use those words. Um, you Do your research on it, is all I'm saying, and then maybe have that verified. Um, but, like, very gaslighting. Incredibly yeah, gaslighting. You, you're introduced to him. He comes in. <coughs> he almost just, like, comes in without Andrew even noticing at first. But Andrew knows who this man is. Like, everybody on campus who's part of jazz band knows who Fletcher is. And he kind of shows up in this room where Andrew's by himself playing the drums. And Fletcher's like, it's pretty good. Let's let's do some, follow me on this one. Mm -hmm. And just back and forth. And Andrew's following his instructions and he gets lost in the sauce a little bit. And then doesn't even realize like Fletcher just left the room. And he's like, oh man, I think I missed my shot. I think I didn't impress him. And then he comes back and grabs his coat and he's like, ah. Oh, just, just forgot my coat, so I'm just going to go ahead and bounce out. And immediately you're like... That was intentional. It was super intentional. Like, you know from the start that Fletcher sees something in him, but he does not want to tell him. Mm -hmm. So we, we get some smaller scenes until we we keep getting scenes between Fletcher and Andrew, and those are really the scenes that I want to talk about because the in-between scenes are... They're not really filler, but like you said, they're small breaks from the emotional turmoil that you're going through in this movie. And uh, again, those feel like, yeah, you need these breaks, but also like a, they give it long enough so you can acclimate. So well, you can not just that, but like you, they're always scenes they, dealing with Andrew. Yes. And you see an escalation in Andrew. Yeah. Like through <laughs> each scene. Yeah. Because like from the start of the movie, you're like, oh, Andrew's pretty normal. He just wants to kind of like, he wants that normal college life, but he also has these aspirations that he wants to get to. He would like to have a girlfriend. He would like to have, you know, friends. a social life, friends. But it starts to, like, trickle further and further into the movie where he starts to take on kind of these narcissistic tendencies. He starts to, like, he gets pushed a little bit by his family for feeling not really accomplished in what he's doing, but they're 
really putting everyone else in the family on pedestals for the accomplishments they have. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, they're at a dinner later in the movie and they're like, oh, Andrew, how's the music thing going? And he's like, oh, I'm first chair in the drums and and I'm doing really well. And I'm in this nationally known music program that has this high success rate. And it's like, well, what can you get with the money? Can you get with the job? Do you have any friends? Oh, well, Paul McCartney and he knew these people and that's how they got successful. And he's like, I did this of my own merits mm-hmm. and literal out hours of practice, bleeding, bleeding from our hands yeah. to like get to where he's at. And he's just disregarded. And that, that was very And then a watch. cousin comes in and they're like, oh, the football star. And he and he's plays like, for like division three. Or like <laughs> division two. And he's like, you know, Andrew's like, well, we're a division three. Yeah. What do you, well, why don't you come on in? play on the field if you think you're better than me. I don't think I'm better than you, but then we get defensive and then he's just like, screw you, and then he ends up leaving the dinner table. Because, like, this is a child, well, a young adult that doesn't feel heard and seems like, too, in some of those scenes that it kind of continues that way. Oh, yeah. And the connections that he does make outside of the band, like with this girl that he meets at the movie theater, they do show a connection, but it's not nearly as strong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's on purpose. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much, they show the establishment of that relationship and the ending of that relationship almost like the one. Yeah, I did make a note at the end, too, where I was like, tell him, girl, tell him, tell him he's projecting his stuff onto you. Mm -hmm. Because you want to root for Andrew. Like, that's what gets this, too, is the stuff that he is subjected to and that he allows. Mm -hmm. She kind of is like, puts him in his place and without directly saying like you're projecting this onto me like you're saying we can't work out you're making all these assumptions but really you're just pushing me away because that's easiest yes like the breakup scene's kind of hard to watch yeah yeah because i mean it's pretty much one person saying this isn't gonna work and the other person being like i have no input where's this coming from And Your so, reasons for this not wanting to work is because you are projecting it not going to work in the future. Yep. But she doesn't like fully say you're projecting this onto me. That's your problem. It's this is your problem, but I guess I'm just nobody. Cause she's also a person that doesn't have a lot of connection either. Mm-hmm. Like she goes on to say like, she's at another institution that's not as well known as Schaefer. She's from a whole different state. She's mm-hmm. homesick. Like, and so you know, she feels inferior kind of already. And then it's just kind of exacerbated. And he, where you talk about those tendencies that he starts to build, like, where did he learn it from? Um, I want to, well, this movie, I want people to watch it. And I've realized I, I, I try to keep track of the recording time every time we do a podcast. We're 20 minutes in and we've only talked about the opening scene. And I, I think and that, some of the breakups, some of the yeah, and I, I think yeah. that goes to show <coughs> how much there about. is in this movie. And I want to, I think I want to leave each individual scene. We can talk about like the implications of the scenes, but I want people to experience the scenes with Andrew and Fletcher on their own. We couldn't do it justice. No. Even couldn't. just talking about it, we couldn't do it justice. Like we keep talking about the intensity of it. It's something you need to experience. And I even had told Matt, like, this was not just a movie. This was an experience. Um, But I do feel we we can talk about the messaging behind it. Like, I will say, towards the end of the movie, we're giving, 
we're given a conversation. And at first, you're you're very much so like, okay, maybe this is the first real conversation that Fletcher is having with Andrew. But as the conversation goes on, you realize this is just yet another manipulation tactic of mm-hmm. Fletcher. There was a note saying, don't say anything. He'll use it against you. And then yeah, there yeah. you go. And I only had one note. I usually have some notes in the movie, but I only had one note. And I only took this note because I've watched this movie multiple times. But I wanted to make sure I got this quote correctly. Mm -hmm. Because Fletcher tells something to Andrew, which is very pertinent for this film. You you would say that, right? Yes. Like this quote is probably the most important line in the movie. I would say. Yep. And it's a quote that, uh, or a line that Fletcher says to Andrew, and it says, the most harmful three words, or the most harmful two words in the English language are good job. And I said that to Dakota. Those were all my notes. And she was like, who hurt you? Yep. <laughs> and, yep. But like, when you watch the movie, you're like, Because he goes on this spiel about how what he does and what he's doing is on purpose. He wants to find the next one. He wants to find the next superstar. And he feels in his mind, and his like it is extremely narcissistic, but he feels that like what he's doing is on purpose to bring that out of the next person. And what he was doing to Andrew was on purpose because he felt he had it. But it wasn't even so much that. Even if he felt like he didn't have it, there were people that were used as pawns to oh, put, yeah. to push Andrew. And he says that straight out, like, oh, that, I just did that to fuck with you. Because there were there's two other uh, students that are on drums. Mm-hmm. There's the one that kind of gets left behind at the beginning of the movie in the lower levels. And then the one that Andrew eventually replaces on the top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody in this movie, like, it's kind of mind-blowing because, like, everybody in this movie treats Andrew like crap. Yep. Like, in the band studio, the drummer's like, flip my pages, bitch. And you're like, homie, <laughs> you can't even but- you can't even do the song you've been practicing for months without... Looking at your music. Yeah. And so that's why he was so adamant with that, was putting out his own insecurity onto that. But also, where did he learn it from? Yeah. Fletcher. You, when you are the subject of narcissistic abuse, some of the things that you do for survival are equally harmful. Oh, yeah. And so one of the things, too, that when it comes to trauma work and it comes to doing these things, people talk about healing, people talk about growth. One of the challenging things to do is understanding that some of the behaviors that you had were harmful. Oh, yeah. And it takes time to unlearn those things, and you have to be open-minded and want to change that behavior. It doesn't, like, it's not to take away, like, any feelings that you have. It's not to deny the fact that you were a victim of this, but it's hard to engage and hard to not also take on some of the, some of the personality of the person that was abusing you because we we talk about how fletcher was extremely abusive to everyone everyone not not just andrew everyone but 
the people in the <coughs> class are almost as equally abusive. Yes. Like, yeah, you have the, uh, I can't remember his name, but the red-haired guy who ends up coming in later to, you find out that Fletcher brings in the guy who was left behind in the lower class. Yes. Because there's between, the funny thing is, so Andrew was always second seat in every band he was a part of until mm-hmm. Fletcher moved him forward. Because, again, Fletcher saw it. He just wanted to push him. But in his own, like, it was always a goal for him to create the next one. It was always for his purpose, not Andrew's, not anyone else's. It was to get his own jimmies off, honestly. like, mm-hmm. And that's not what a true leader does. That's not what a true role model does. Yes, me and Dakota work with young adults. And we've had conversations with young adults where we push them to do things, but we do it in the right way. We push them to be like, hey, you want to go to school, let's look at some options for school that you want to do. Not slapping them consistently, not throwing chairs at them, not gaslighting them into the decisions that they make. We want the decisions to be theirs. But we're going to support them in the decision that they make. Right. And so one of the things too, and to kind of tack on, because therapy will be a very large portion of this, this episode. One thing to notate too with therapists in general, I don't know if I've ever addressed it, is that and what Matthew think this is a deep dive, but for me, it's like a Tuesday. Um, I, I have a master's degree. You have to have a master's degree to do what I do. So I have extensive knowledge. I've studied this. I've had to write papers. I've had to do clinical studies. I've had to do internships, uh, learn different methodology. Like becoming a therapist can be very intense. Um, it is a workload. Um, and so with that note, one of the things too with therapists is that you are a person that should be insured. I am insured um, to go against malpractice because you are, you are a person of power, whether you agree. I don't think I am a person. I don't think I'm a powerful person, but I understand the role that I play to where these are people that are, they are hurting. They are in whatever capacity that they're in and they are looking for guidance and that they will, take what I say very seriously. And so I'm in a position of power and it feels so counterintuitive to say that. I'm so sorry. Um, But like I'm insured because of these things. And as, as a therapist that does these interventions, this is why I go back and I'm like, please do all you want with self-research, do all the things. I encourage you to do that, but also please check in with somebody that has had the training has had the time behind it to help you understand that and maybe look at different options as well. And to go, I kind of lost a little bit of my train of thought with this as I went with that, but talking about how like we help different people in that we, me personally, I have a professional and ethical responsibility to my clients. I take that very, very seriously. Um, Fletcher being in a position of power knows he's in a position of power yeah, and just absolutely abuses that in so many harmful ways. Again, I cannot stress enough. If you have ever been a victim of any type of abuse, verbal, psychological, emotional, narcissistic, please, 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 please 
bear that in mind when you go to watch this movie. It can yeah. be very triggering. Oh yeah, 100%. But um, yes, I would agree, like, I'm, I am trained to do things a certain way. And with your background, not to take away from it or anything like that, we, even at an undergrad level, like, you go through trainings about how to approach juveniles, adolescents, and meet them where they're at with an empathetic understanding. And there have been people in leadership across multitudes of jobs you and I both have had, whether it be in music, whether it be in the foster system, whether it even be in therapeutic world like I live in, I have met people that I, I've had very legitimate concerns about that were leaders, yes. quote unquote. No, and it's also another thing with therapists as well to notate, like I have to go through my own therapy to be where I'm at. The board has to sign off on that. One of the ethical things that we do and we bring it up too, because Fletcher is a very flawed individual that these things, like, you know, most people come in with their own unhealed issues, you know, hurt people, hurt people. We, we hear that. That is, that is a true statement. Not everybody does, but that, that in, its, in and of itself is for the most part true in my experience. If you do not take care of yourself and take care of the things that you need to take care of, you will hurt somebody else, especially a therapist. Because um, you could project your own stuff onto people. And that's not healthy. And that's a big no-no. That's malpractice. That's unethical. It's a lot of things you don't want to be doing. Yeah. Um, I can't stress enough, like, these are, most therapists are are good. I want to think that most people are good. But I encourage you, again, to, like, do the research. Take your time. If you're going to be with these leaders, get the chance to know them, kind of show empathy, do what you can. Um, but these are, that's where I'm like, please look for help because people like Fletcher exist. You oh, yeah. and I have met people very similar to Fletcher. And we've worked with people. Yes. And again, like through many different outlets. Um, so the, this is where it's like, this is not uncommon. And going back to my time as a music person, I can use it as an example. There's a particular scene where Fletcher is like, we're going to take it slow. You know, just you don't have to do full tempo. Just jump in, Andrew, and do it. Like, he's like, oh, look, I'm here. I'm approachable. Like, just try it. Watch me direct. Do, 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 do. And that it just. In seconds. Yeah. In seconds, it's like, not my tempo. Not my tempo. Not my. And just cursing and all the stuff. I don't even feel comfortable saying like everything that he had said, like verbatim here, because there's a lot of slurs. Um, also, LGBTQ folks, be careful as well if you're watching this. There's a lot of slurs. Um, it's just so damaging. And it's like, are you rushing or are you dragging? Talking about the tempo, rushing being you're going faster than the tempo, dragging meaning you are behind. Are you I don't know. And every time I don't know, it escalates, it escalates, it escalates. Like he's getting physically violent. He is slapping. Mm -hmm. He is slapping the student, Andrew, to be like, tell me the thing. Just straight yeah, up humiliating. Like, All right, let's do a tempo. Do three quarters. <coughs> One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. There's another scene where there's three drummers, the original core, Andrew, and then... Billy, I believe is his name, from the original band class. They're all three there. And within, and I'll touch on another thing too with that, but within like that, they're there for hours. They got there at nine o'clock to practice. They're there till 2, 3 a.m. in the morning only because none of them could get the tempo right. And he just popped off. Their hands are bleeding. 
They have been berated. The other members of the band are drenched forced to stay sweat, there. They right. are drenched in sweat. Like, I'm like, this, this, why, how have we allowed this to go on? And it's because Fletcher is good at what he does. He gets results. He gets results. As unethical and like, not okay as they are, but he's, he's popped out a bunch of very successful people well, from this program. Not only that, like, I want to, I want to. Take a deep dive into that because this is a good segue. Like, I'll say from my the music industry, and I was only in it for a very, very brief time in my college years, it's not much different. I've had instructors that were like, this is flat. No, it's not. This is flat. No, I, I'm not. Like, I'm with, the, and it was because of other, like, the parts yeah. next to me. It's a very small choir. It's very easy to pick out voices. I'm a very loud person. I was also one that was a very strong singer. And this sounds flat, this sounds flat, this doesn't sound right. And you would do it over and over and over again. And I remember one person coming in, he's like, stand next to the alto section to see if it's them. And we did it three times. And he's like, it's not them. And I'm over here like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and so that would, that particular scene was like, that sent me. I haven't had to hear about that for a while. <laughs> but anyway, back to what you were. I'm sorry. Because like you said, he gets results. And I think... It is not it is not consistent across the board. Don't get me wrong. Like the things we talk about is not consistent across the board when it comes to what I'm about to say. But I feel like you have positions of power and you have that ladder of superiority, whether it be okay, you have your normal employee, you have your manager, and then you have your CEO. The CEO sees that the manager is getting results. Why would you stop him? You don't know exactly what he's doing to get the results, but you know he's getting results. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's that Dakota and I talk about all the time communication within the workplace and how utterly awful it can it be. Is. It can be. Yeah. And that just goes to show how, because later on in the movie, eventually it gets to the point where it is brought to the right people's attention that Fletcher is a horrible person to his students. And consequences and he, happen. And consequences happen. He is immediately relieved from his duties. And you're like, whoa, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, there's like, more. <laughs> but why hadn't this happened for, like, Fletcher had been there for years. He'd been a, quotation, successful teacher who won many awards and produced many award-winning top-of-the-line students for years. And he goes but on to even no, brag about one of those yeah, students. And there was never supervision given to see how he's getting these results. Mm -hmm. You are given supervision as a normal employee. We've been through supervision. I just had supervision yesterday. Yeah, we're, we've been given supervision multitudes of times. But let's be real. How often do managers – how often are managers given supervision? By the people that they are supposed to be supervised by. Like, yeah, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens. But there's... This movie is so good. <laughs> yes, it like, is. Like, it is incredibly well-made and incredibly good because... There's a lot of real-world implications. There are immense real-world implications in this movie. Yes, it is a movie about a jazz drummer that wants to become the best. But it, it's but applicable can, to a lot of different things. It is applicable to so many different things. Like mm -hmm. me and Dakota talked about, like, more than any other episode that we've done, 
and we talk about a lot of things about mental health. We talk a lot of things about tr- like it's kind of my thing. Well, yes, and Dakota says that's why I brought her on. It's not why I brought her on, but like having it's this, actually because I have a very charming personality. <laughs> like having that mindset and having that insight does help when we're experiencing movies specifically like this. Yes. When we're watching something like Wallace and Gromit, no. Cheese, Gromit! <laughs> cheese! Which we're going to so watch So you see, later whenever tomorrow. Wallace talks about yeah. the cheese, what he is doing is reflecting on his own childhood insecurity of not having the cheese. Look, I can do it. But <laughs> You give me enough time. We're going to watch that movie later tomorrow. Like, get it. You get what I'm saying. Like, It's good to have these insights because like, Yes, Dakota's a therapist, and yes, I've worked in a mental health field for a while. And different in different capacities too. Yes. You've you've been in a lot of different organizations. And I see the things that go on in these organizations. And to say that this movie, yes, I love this movie. It is amazing. You should experience it for yourself. But like Dakota said, there you need a warning label before you go into this movie. Yeah. Because no matter what, you're probably going to have some kind of visceral reaction to what is going on. There was a a scene with a car wreck and that was when I was like, I have to take a break. Yeah. Because this boy, Andrew is just so pressured and wanting to do so well. Like he just wants to do so well. There's so many, the road to hell was paved with good intentions. He he just wants to do so well that he's running late. He has to rent this car. He's in such a panic and he wrecks and he shows up on stage without going to a hospital, just shows up bloodied and goes on with the show. And no sympathy, not a word, nothing from Fletcher, from anybody. And then he pops off, yeah. rightfully so. Andrew pops off rightfully so. There was a there was a, a point where I was like, all caps, like just woo, go Andrew, like it's about time. Yeah. And I don't want to like totally spoil every major scene, but like that I, one. I, I truly like we've talked about some, but like more so than any movie we've watched, and we've there's another <coughs> movie we watched that we were like, you should experience this movie. You should. We don't want to talk about the scenes step by step because you like the only the only other one we've really been like that with is Moonrise Kingdom. I feel like yeah, and I think out of the movies now, ET like yes, it is one of those movies that everybody experiences and everybody has like cherished memories of. Mm-hmm. But ET didn't like when I watched. It, I was like, yeah, that was a very well made movie. I didn't really feel anything coming out of it other than a good movie. But like, yeah. it's a, an extremely well made original film. Right. Moonrise Kingdom and. The whiplash, you leave this movie. Uh, it's so cheesy to say you leave this movie a changed person, but you leave this movie. F- I left this movie like, what do I got to do to get this guy IVC? Like, Fletcher <laughs> is a menace. Like, you leave this movie. <coughs> the movies that are so good that I love personally are ones that you come out of and you feel something. Mm-hmm. And it may not change you as a person, but like watching this movie, you don't come out of it not feeling something. I agree. I agree. And that was one of the things of like, this made me feel something. It wasn't super pleasant. Like I think about it and all of that, like, like 
trauma that was like laced with that. Um, but it didn't make me feel like this, like Whiplash did. And because it was very much meant to be horror sci-fi, you know, yeah. it's meant to be what it is. Whiplash was very, and Moonrise Kingdom even, I think are very real world things that many people can connect to. Yeah, like you don't King- get that, what is it, the, 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 something, the suspension of di- disbelief or you, whatever you, you it is. You get some suspension of disbelief in Moonrise yeah. Kingdom. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. It has, like, Wes Anderson has always had whimsy in his movies. This was not whimsical. But this movie, like, the reason why this movie... It's raw. It's, I think raw It's good. raw. Yeah. It's tangible. Like, you can look at it and be like, this oh. this happened. Like, yeah. this 100% happened. And, something it's, it's and it's still, still happening. And that's why it's, like, it's so powerful. Yes. That's because a good way to you're, it. like... It resonates. You connect to it. You know other people connect to it. Mm-hmm. And... I, the last scene in this movie, yeah, is so good. It is so good because there is so much going on, and it is it's a scene that goes on for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, like I'm t- I was tired. Like and and to and understand too that Miles did all that by himself, like made me extra tired. Like yeah. I don't want to spoil it for people. You need to watch the movie. Yes. And you need, like, the last scene, if you don't feel something coming out of that final scene. If you're not questioning something. Yeah. Like, you come out of it and you're, like, I was texting Dakota because she was watching the movie actively. And I was, I explained to her, I was like, when you get to the final scene, I want to know your emotions going into it and coming out of it. Because my emotions are like, Oh man, God, I feel so bad too. Oh, okay, all right, get it, dude. To <sighs> yeah, mine was just like I don't think I felt as much range coming from from where I was and what again my background, my and how we 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 discussed it briefly before starting recording. But my thing was the cycle repeated itself. That yeah. was my interpretation. The cycle repeated itself. Now, others may have a different interpretation. And that's one of the things that I did like about this movie, but also was like, oh, no, about this movie was the sense of ambiguity at the end. Was Fletcher wrong for doing what he did? 100%. Yes. But the ending makes you question that. It does. Because you're left with that line, the, the most... Harmful two words in the English language are good job. And he lived by that. He refused to tell people they were doing a good job. So can I just pick your brain? And I didn't prepare you for this. I'm sorry, because it just literally entered my brain. Go for it. How do you interpret that statement? If you could separate it from the movie. It is an incredibly incredibly harmful message. It's very layered. Very layered. It is extremely layered, yes. And it's funny because I also wanted to ask you this same exact question. <laughs> because that quote resonates hard. Because there is some part of you that's like, 
yeah, if you're telling people good job every day, even when they're like, there needs to be some criticism somewhere, whether it be constructive or whatever. People need to accept criticism. Otherwise, there is no growth. So here, here's my counter argument to that, because if you hear the words constructive criticism, it seems oxymoronic Yeah, it does. to be like, you know, like, this is what you did wrong, but hey, thanks for showing up to work. What is fixed? How do you move forward? We have been in placements. <laughs> we have been well, in we've been in places like that that would use the term constructive criticism. One thing they that would I use it. Okay, they would use it, but there is like I don't talk about this, but like I was communications major in college, but I had a minor in leadership. I studied the mindset behind leaders and different ways that they led people in the correct way to be a leader because many many people in leadership have no idea what an actual leader is supposed to do they're often I've interacted with those people and i've been employed by those people i'm not afraid to say it they there is such thing as constructive criticism so you can tell people listen on this paperwork Here's some things you need to work on. Here's what you can do to improve that. You tell people and instruct people and lead by example. There are leaders that lead by example. There are leaders that lead by force, which is not good. No, it's hostile. Exactly. There are leaders that we've experienced that say, you're wrong. You need to figure out what you did wrong. And that's what Fletcher is. Yes. I do want to go back to the constructive criticism because while I agree with the methodology that you're talking about, I still don't agree with the phrase constructive criticism. It is a very contradictive phrase. So one thing that I had learned as being a therapy student is it's called feedback. Feedback's neutral. Yeah. And there's not as like negative connotation or positive connotation with it. So to have feedback is to have feedback. And that's for interpretation of the person to do. I feel like feedback is safer. So, Well, I think the word criticism in general is something that people take hostile. Right, because nobody wants to be told, and this is where I go to with like another word called accountability and not a, fu- not a lot of whole pe- people. People need to be held accountable. Some people, like, it doesn't feel good to be told you're screwing up. Like, no, but I'm not out here telling people, like... It's not okay. Like, it's all sunshine and butterflies. Like, I'm not an enabler. A lot of people think therapists are enablers. I'm also not a person that's like, well, actually you do this because of X, Y, and Z. Like, no, I encourage the person to have their own kind of free flow thoughts while bringing up particular points. So, like, an example could be like, well, I don't really care about what they said, but they hurt my feelings either way. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Did it hurt you or did it not? And so you challenge, you have to push. And there are a lot of times where I've told people, I was like, as your therapist and somebody that cares about you, you need to understand that what you were doing is harmful. Yes. And that's where it's like, this is, it's not a constructive criticism. It's a very direct way to give feedback. And a lot of, a lot of there are some therapists out there that are afraid of that conflict, and there's people out there that's afraid of that conflict. Like nobody wants to be told they're doing a bad job. Nobody wants to be told that what they're doing is bad in their thought pro- like to them that it's bad. And so you have to be 
creative in the ways that you present that. Okay, can I, can I jump in? Yes, please. So, sorry. You, you say, you, you continue to say, doing a bad job, doing a bad job. A leader is supposed to tell you that you may be doing something incorrectly. It's never supposed to come across that you are doing an awful job, you're doing a bad job, you need to do better. You need to get your shit together. Yes. That's been a phrase that, I've heard. That, that is <coughs> horrible leadership. A good leader lets their followers know, and followers is a broad <coughs> thing. Very broad like, term. Like, but the people they are in charge of. Yes, but like when you're studying leadership, you have leader followers. Like it just is what it is. That's what. That's how are. they break it down. Yes, and a good leader tells the other person, "Hey, you're doing this incorrectly. Were you taught the correct way to do it? Mm-hmm. Is there any way for me to help you learn the correct way to do it so that we can both move forward together and make sure that everything is being done correctly, so that." Everyone involved can move forward because in my position, all I want for you is the best. I want you to present yourself in the best way possible so that you can grow as a person and an employee and be able to be not only an asset to me in this company, but an asset to yourself. Because if you're going to grow as a person in this company, you grow as an asset for yourself later on. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, as a leader, like I would want people to know, like, hey, my best interest is your best interest because if you're doing things correctly, it looks good on my part. But also, this may not be the final stop for you, and everything you learn here make can help elsewhere. you elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that you are given the best opportunity possible. Have me and you been given that same kind of feedback? <laughs> no. And, and no, again, like the amount of times I've been told, suck it up and do your job, like that that's not a leader. And I will say, like, this doesn't just fall under like mental health or social or humanities professions, like what Matt and I primarily worked in. I remember working at a Lowe's hardware and I had a boss and not everybody liked her. She was gruff and she was direct. But that was my communication style, and that's what vibed for me. So I'm not going to speak for everybody when I talk about this. It's a Lowe's hardware. There's tons of people. Her name was Lisa, and I don't think Lisa will ever listen to this, but Lisa, I hope you know you had a longstanding effect on a little hyperactive kid. (laughs) Um, Like, I was like 20-something when I started working at Lowe's hardware. She was very direct with me. She was like, hey, I'm seeing you're doing this. You need to be able to correct it, or this will happen. She was good about explaining what consequences would be for me. She was good about, have you tried this? But I was also a person that wanted to learn. And so to follow under that follower category is like, I wanted to know how to better myself. And, you know, working with the public in and of itself is a skill. So I want to point out, like, it's not just in the the specialty fields, because they are. You can have these in, like, retail. You can have these in the food industry. You can have this in the music industry, like what this movie talks about. The, the, to understand persons and power should have your best interest and the company's best interest in mind. Yes, they have to serve a certain thing, but also we have to turn out reputable, responsible people. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you do get a bad employee and you have to do what you have to do with that. I don't envy anybody in leadership. It's not for me. I'm very much a lone wolf in what I do. 
Um, I, I have to take ownership of me. But I, I do think that there are people out there that you you should, I don't know what the loop, I, I think people get into these places of power and management because they can spin themselves off as a certain way, like a narcissistic person can, or like Fletcher. Like Fletcher. Um, you have the accolades. It would be like a grandiose, look what I've done, look what I can do. Um, these are actually, even though you were the ones that earned them, you're actually, I actually did that for you um, because I taught you kind of thing. <coughs> but there are people in power that go in and like, they're particularly good at one thing, but maybe not something else. Like you might be particularly good at your documentation, but you're not super great at talking to people. Mm-hmm. And so when you do come up with that quote unquote constructive criticism, you could potentially do more harm than good. I don't know why. Now that I think about it, I'm not entirely sure one of the organizations we worked for and that I worked for even provided any type of leadership or management training. No. Cool. So, panty <laughs> shoes and baby um, blues. So, that's kind of deep diving of like, this is how it's relatable for Matthew and I. I used your whole government name there. Um, like, this is how it's relatable because we've lived it. And it's been things that I've even gone to well, my own therapy about well, because you, thing, like, it causes damage. We've lived it, but like, it's not an uncommon thing for it's just not, no this is a very common thing it's for people still happening still and happening for me like going back to i just want to go back to what you're talking about with your uh lowe's manager like that that is that's not really a bad leader no it is an approach to leadership no she did well i was talking no. positive no i know her. you were i know yep. you were but some people can take when you say very straightforward and rough like that can come yeah. off. Tell them, like, tell them they, they they were a good leader because in a lot of cases she wasn't negative toward you. She was realistic. Yes. And, and when, I appreciate that. Leaders need to be realistic. They need to tell you, hey, I want the best for you, but if you keep doing what you're doing, like I can't help you. Yeah. Because eventually you're going to dig yourself a hole that I can't get you out of. And therapy is very similar. Like, I'm here to provide all the tools with you. I'm here to work with you. But it doesn't mean jack crap if you're not doing it on your own. Um, I'm feeling we're getting kind of close to the end here. I'm feeling this is either going to be an episode that people really resonate with or people... Kind of skip on. Kind of skip on. Because we haven't really discussed too much about the movie because we want people to experience it. Yeah. This movie, we have talked about it. Talked about how um, it's affected us and real world examples. But we want you to experience it. And it's not that uh, I want people to understand that we're going to have weeks with movies where we come out of it and we're like, that was a good movie. We enjoyed it. Um, but there's not a whole lot of things that the message came. This is probably one of our more like serious tones. Oh, yeah. One of the we tell people to stay to the end of the podcast because that's usually where things don't go off the rails, but just get a little more open and like you get to see more like of even how our friendship works. Yeah, like this is like again, none of this is scripted, and you definitely tell by the end. <laughs> um, but with this, with this movie, it is clear as day listening to this podcast that. When you watch it, you come out thinking you come out with an experience Mm -hmm. and you want to talk to people about it. Like, I feel like when you came out of this movie, Dakota, and you can say if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. when you came out of this movie, you were probably looking forward to today talking about it. Yes, because like I I deal with this. I deal with narcissistic personality disorder in parents and abusers. Like I I've done tons of psychoeducation about what narcissism looks like. And, you know, again, like there is an actual criterion, like I'm looking at like my DSM-5 is in front of me. I'm not going to go through the criterion because like, again, y'all got to do your own stuff, but like all of these things and there's nine, there's nine diagnostic criteria and Fletcher meets every single one. There's different types of narcissists. Um, there's different types of narcissistic abuse. Like it's not always in your face, like they're selfish or they think they're the best thing in the world. There's covert narcissism, people that are very injured and insecure people, and they project their own stuff onto others. They can do no wrong because they don't think they're the problem. And if they do do something, it's because something else happened to them. Yeah. There's no accountability. Narcissists don't feel empathy typically, Well, they have some, they have some quality for empathy. Um, also therapy, fun fact, um, every psychopath, which is also known as antisocial personality disorder, Every psychopath is a narcissist, but not every narcissist is a psychopath. Yeah. So fun fact there. Um, but yeah, like this was something I really was like, this is something that is still very prevalent today. That's why I'm like, please, please, please take care of yourself because I know for a fact it's still happening out there. Um, there's also these things called adverse childhood experiences, um, which is a server. You can look this up online. Again, if you choose to do so, please seek a professional or a trusted support. Mm -hmm. Um, there's another thing called adverse childhood experiences there. It's a questionnaire. There's like 10 questions. Um, most children between the, uh, up till like 18, most children have had, I think it's like a third, two thirds of children. So 60 something percent have at least one adverse childhood experience. Um, and the more ACEs, it's called the ACE score. The more ACEs that you have, the more, statistically speaking, there's a study done, and it was a pretty recent study, like the 80s, 90s, um, that a lot of mental illness comes from, a lot of psychia uh, psychiatric problems and emotional unwellness, um, physical problems come from these ACE scores, and they can track that back, that trauma tracks back from, like, your body remembers this stuff. Um, thanks, Matt, for letting me get on the soapbox here. He's just, he, I can't tell if you're impressed or like, get on with it. Um, but no, like, um, Andrew, from what I remember, because I did a quick checklist from what I've observed, he had four or five out of 10 of those happened to him, yeah. which makes him, uh, uh, I hate to say these words, it makes him a kind of like a, a good victim. Yeah, and again, I understand this movie. That's what it's meant for. But we're we're getting close to time. But I just um, wanted to be like, hey, I can see diagnostic criteria. When I say narcissist, I am a clinical professional. That means what she says. Yeah, I ain't but popping Fletcher, off here because your ex boyfriend did something dumb. Fletcher, Fletcher is a narcissist, and, um, and females are narcissists too. Yeah. Gender equality for some bitches. <laughs> um, um, I've met female narcissists. So as we close out, I I think it it's not funny, but like I find it amusing that uh, when we when we picked our movies, we both picked movies that were we wanted one that was going to be more thought provoking, more quotations difficult, and then one that was more lighthearted, light yeah. and. <laughs> Just between, if you listened last week to when Marnie was there, that was supposed to be a difficult podcast episode, and it was... I would 
say it was like 50 50. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, I knew for a fact going into Whiplash that it, it was going to be heavy. It was heavy, going heavy. to be hard. Yeah. And I wanted to do that on purpose. I'm sorry, Dakota. I, I did want to. I you. don't forgive you for it, but I forgive you for this one. Like, I. I warned you ahead of time. You did. Times. It was and, nice. Thank and, you. And that helped. That yeah. helped. That warning helped. So please don't take what we say. Like, take no, you need to take what we say at face value. This is a very difficult movie to watch. And just uh, our, our parents listen to this podcast. Our friends and family listen to this podcast. Sometimes. Taylor. I apologize in <laughs> advance for this episode. But I, I think this... I think this episode is probably one of our better ones we've done. And it's, imp- it's important. It's an too. extremely important episode. Um, now, speaking on that note, next week we're going to do Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Jeez, Gromit! <laughs> Natasha and I watched it last night. Uh, when I picked that movie, I just wanted to watch it on a whim. Uh, I got five minutes in and was like, oh, this is delightful. I kind of want to save it for a podcast episode. Because it's, it's, it's DreamWorks that does this, right? Well, it's Ardman and DreamWorks. Okay. And uh, it was just delightful. Like, I loved every second of it. It was super just an enjoyable um, movie. I get, what is, is that, um, stop and stop? It is stop motion. Stop motion. I couldn't think of what it was. Most stop motion movies I have seen have always been good. And we should do Kubo and the Two Strings. At some point. At some point. I've mentioned that before. But it, it was just an extremely delightful movie. And then... It'll after, be a good palate cleanser. It, well, we're going to have two really good palate cleansers because after Wallace and Gromit, we're going to watch a movie that both Dakota and I have watched. I've watched multiple times. I don't know about Dakota. Have you watched multiple times? I have only watched one time. Oh, okay. Only watched one time. I've watched and I was it. late to... I was late to... It's Princess Pride. Yeah. Uh, I was late to the party on that. I watched it like three years ago and I was like, how did I exist without this? It is so... Good. You want to talk about Wind School? You want to talk about a really, truly just the movie? It doesn't have any like crazy messaging to it, but it's one of those movies you put on and you just feel good. It it tells a great story. It's a feel good. Well, the story's not even that. Like it's just it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. And, like, you need that movie sometimes in your life. You gotta have them palate cleansers, especially when you work in heavy fields. Like, you you and I have dealt with some very heavy things. We talk about heavy things, but this is why I'm like, this is why it's important to have a friend like Matt, more importantly, a friend like me. Uh, <laughs> that That's not me being narcissistic. That's me being joking. Um, but it's it, this is why it's important why I tell you to, like, go and talk to, like, a trusted support, a trusted friend. Um, you know, they're, people care about you. Yeah. People care about you. And I'm very thankful that Matt has, this is our 10th one, by the way. This is number 10? Yes, yeah, number 10. So we've, we've done this for, for 10 episodes now. And I, I, at first when I did this, I wasn't sure like how serious you were about it. I'm going to be straight up. Um, I was, and again, I'm still just here for a good time. Um, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> But I'm very thankful that we, we've made it 10 episodes and I'm very thankful for you broadening my horizons. And I have used this as self-care. I've told people like doing this with you has been a form of self-care and it's been very eye-opening and it it's really cool. I really yeah. like it. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I mean, I want to do a podcast for a long time to kind of just happen to be here. Yeah. And I'm just happy. <laughs> and I'm just happy to be here. Like, yeah. again, like it's a little risk it's, for me, bud. 
Except when I, I have to watch it. Yeah, I, I think I think starting out with the podcast, I could tell you were very like I don't know how far this is going to go, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give it a shot. But I, as I, they've come by, you've commented like you're getting into it, and I'm like, yeah, because like you keep giving me some really good movies to watch. So you know what, you're living up to the name. But on that note, out of that was one of those, like, you want one of those endings that are like, you want to, if you don't want to listen to this part, you can listen to the end of me be kind of mushy. Um, so next week, we have Lois and Gromit and the werewolf friend. I don't remember the it's whole. werewolf rabbit Were-rabbit friend. I was like, I don't remember the whole title. And then followed by Princess Bride. So I'm very much looking forward to doing those. Um, and all that good stuff. So everybody, please be safe. Take care of each other. And I guess we'll see you next week on I've Got a Movie to Watch. My name is Matt. I'm Dakota. I'll see y'all next time. Bye.